Welcome to the Maternity and Midwifery Hour, brought to you once a week by the Maternity and Midwifery Forum. This podcast is supported by Matflix, video streaming from maternity experts. All your CPD needs made easy. If you need to get your revalidation done or have a student project to complete, Matflix is the one-stop shop. Sue McDonald and I'm the curator for the Maternity and Midwifery Hour and the Maternity and Midwifery Festivals and it's my pleasure to be the chair for this evening's session which is the eighth of the eighth series and I'm joined by two lovely midwives Leonie Rastas and Janine McKnight-Cowan and as we always do with our guests we put them immediately on the spot to ask them to share a moment of the week so Janine would you be able to share a moment of the week? I sure can. <laughs> Thank you for having us today. Hello, Happy everyone who's uh, on the call. Yeah, well, I'm going to tell you about my moment of the week. Yesterday was National Authors Day. And I have to say, I wasn't really aware of that because this year I've become an author by accident. And yeah, so a moment of the week, <laughs> so is that I'm really grateful to Matt Flix for giving us the opportunity to keep up the conversation on C-section recovery. So really that's my moment of the week. Wow, fabulous. Thank you very much. And how about Leonie? Well, I think my moment of the week was last Thursday when my husband and I packed our van um, to travel down to Victoria um, and loaded in the box of books um, oh to bring down to a conference for the Australian College of Midwives or a, a study day in Victoria. So that was really exciting. It was like a dream um, come true after two and a half years writing with Janine and we're now on the road and I feel like an old age hippie really um, with our <laughs> camper van. <laughs> and some nights we feel like Mary and Joseph wondering where on earth we're going to park this <laughs> because it's, it's peak period here and we and we've been turned away a few times oh so. gosh yeah but well, we're that's safe a, that's a great well there's two great moments and they're all focused on this delicious book which we're going to be talking about later just imagine a great big box of these in Le- Leonie's van and her packing the book packing the, the whole van nicely and Janine with the delight of, of, of having authored a book on Author's Day. How lovely. It's lovely to share. Thank you so much. Now, I'm just going to go quickly through the usual things, like to just remind everyone where the Maternity and Midwifery Hour came from. We came from COVID pandemic, of course, because we wanted to make sure that midwives, student midwives, people in maternity care, which included paediatricians, neonatologists, neonatal nurses, maternity care support workers. So everybody had some access to some manageable information up to date just in that hour a week because it was, and I think it's it's almost difficult to remember now, how scary that time was and how much pressure there was on people and how being able to go to study days and conferences was gone so we wanted to keep that going and keep people able to interact together and it's been so good we're keeping on going 
So um, we're very fortunate that Matflix, that Janine mentioned earlier, look after all of the recordings. Everything's recorded. Everything we do for the Maternity and Midwifery Hour, the Maternity and Midwifery Festivals, everything's recorded. Fantastic resource for midwives and students, I have to say. So anybody out there who's getting ready to do their revalidation or has got um, maybe a presentation coming up, maybe you're going for a, a little um, interview to get a promotion, maybe, or if you're a student doing a, an assignment and you often have a few of those to do, this is a fantastic resource of up-to-date information. And if you are a bit lost with so much stuff, because there's over a thousand clips and videos and, and presentations there's you can subscribe for a small fee and you can have things that are in like uh, edited little box sets that can be quite good if you're trying to just save yourself some time very good we're supported with our lovely partners all for maternity and the practicing midwife so thank you to them these are all free to access perfect for study and you can share and if you enjoy and I know you're going to enjoy tonight if you enjoy tonight do share it with your colleagues and tell them all about it um, and share share the presentation and have a discussion about it because that's what we want and I think the topic itself is going to be really really helpful to you as midwives students whatever uh, to provide care for women and, and families I want to say a big thank you to our students and our midwives and maternity care staff everybody for the work they're doing at the moment because it's hard at the moment morale is very low people are very feeling very pressured mm -hmm. and it's sometimes hard to keep on going so look after yourselves and look after each other it's really important now i'm going to move on to news flash i almost want to do like a news flash um there are still discussions and that's one of the things that people might be feeling very, very uncomfortable with but there's still discussions around industrial action and that's going on through a lot of different groups of workers, including nursing and midwifery. And it's quite uncomfortable. So be aware of what's happening. Have a look at the news features and have a look at your union or your, your professional organisation. See what they're saying and really equip yourself with the information so you know what you're what you're doing, really. Um, big news, I think, has been the, the whole asylum seekers issue in the facility in Kent there's been major overcrowding which they're addressing at last um, and it's been quite sho shocking to hear about people being cared for or being kept in a, a, an area with very poor facilities with a lack of hygiene with a lack of washing facilities and talk of things like scabies and diphtheria and I hope that can be addressed as soon as possible because we know there'll be women and, and babies and children there as well as men we don't want to miss the men out as well but you know women women are probably more uh, vulnerable okay well, i'm going to do something a bit flippant now because um someone asked me today you know what do you think about i'm a celebrity get me out of here and of course that's in australia <laughs> even though it's a lot of english celebrities and of course we've got the former health secretary matt hancock appearing along with boy george so that should be quite interesting for those of you who are addicts um and i know some people are to that so it might be quite interesting from many different perspectives but i'm going to move on to my favorite my action for happiness calendar because it's now november it's too late to do the white rabbits um thing 
but it's there's time enough to get your calendar. Now, this calendar is lovely because you can choose to look at one thing every day. Now, today, Wednesday the 2nd, it says respond to a difficult situation in a different way. And I love the way you have just something to think about in a mindful way. The, the um, references on your resource list, there's lots of delicious references today to look at, lots of clips which are going to be mentioned by our lovely speakers and ways of getting lots of information. So that's going to be really useful. The other thing it might be useful for some of you to be looking at, especially given the nursing and midwifery, midwifery proficiencies, is the new all for maternity new webinar series and they're looking at examination newborn and for those who might need a bit of a refresher if you've done the a program already or for those who want to improve your knowledge about caring and examining the new newborn not just the night but the whole holistic examination look out for that it, it's a whole series of, of um webinars which look really delicious and that's also on your resource list okay now without further ado the title it, we're looking at today or this evening cesarean section we're looking at it with a slightly different lens we know the cesarean section rates rising and also many of the women are transferred to the community really quickly after the birth so they have to have some care and some and, and we're very aware that that care can be very difficult and if they're not prepared well. And we've got we're, I'm really excited about this. We've got two midwives. They're also nurses who have developed a fantastic resource for women and families who have or are going to have a cesarean section. And the book Cesarean Section Recovery Manual. Let me flash it up. There it is. Nice pink color pinky purple I should I guess it should be really fresh off the pet press this very year and the two authors are, I'm really pleased they can come and talk to us about the provision of care for these mums and the kind of concepts because it's a very different book and I've been reading through it and it's really good very simple to understand it's not you could I don't think it's basic it's not that simple but there are really good things to remind us about but also women and their families about and that's my favorite bit so far and I haven't read the whole thing cover to cover but my favorite bit is gift ideas for mums after cesarean births as a little bit at the back of the appendix how fantastic is that and it's full of little plans for women to really understand what's happening and cope with it and know what to do if there should be any issues or problems so Fantastic. So I'm going to introduce both the speakers together because they're kind of a, a little bit of a double act and you'll see how closely they work together. Fantastic. So we, I'm delighted to introduce first of all, Leonie Rastas. She's known for cesarean section recovery advocacy and support. She's a nurse, a midwife, author, educator, innovator and founding director of Caesar Care an online service business helping support women after cesarean birth. She's got enormous experience in clinical practice and in teaching midwifery in Australia. And her personal experience of six cesarean births has influenced her work, as you'll hear, I think, very clearly, including developing a surgical wound splint, scar trackers and daily plan, day planners for recovery. She was admitted as a fellow to the Australian College of Nursing in recognition of her service 
to Holistic Healthcare in 2005, when she founded an Australian health promotion charity. And also alongside is the lovely Janine McKnight-Cowan, BEM. She's also a nurse and midwife. She's got huge experience in the NHS as a nurse, as a midwife, as a health visitor, and now as an author. And she's also a Queen's nurse and was the RCNI Community and General Practice Nurse of the Year 2019 and awarded the British Empire Medal for Services to Nursing in 2019 also, I believe. I hope I'm correct. So Janine and Leone, the screen is now yours and welcome. Thank you, Sue. Well, thank you for having us. And the the thing is, I think it's really nice for us to be able to share that Leone and I met at, um, in 2019, November 2019, at the IME uh, conference in London. And I suppose, really, we were both there as innovators. Yeah, yeah, we were both there as innovators, but we were only one of uh, two, I should say now, two of three people talking about cesarean sections. So we like to think it's a little bit about where our book was conceived, really. Um, And and the whole point of, of, of... the 10,000 miles apart, the 7,000 internet hours and the two years that we've spent talking to one another since. Um, We developed 55,000 words of 85 years of maternity clinical practice to put down into a book. And I suppose really the reason why we've done that and the reason why we're here today to share with with midwives and and all all maternity care workers who are on is that we want to highlight our roles uh, within C-section recovery and the crucial conversations that we should be having with women, the listening to and the acting upon. Uh, Because for myself, you know, the fourth trimester is so, so important. And I've walked the walk, uh, both in clinical paths, you know, being a scrub midwife, a labour ward midwife, and uh, being in community as a midwife, and then making that transition into health visiting and looking at the continuity of care with women in the community. It's so important that mothers and the transition to motherhood after cesarean section, it it is so, so different to the care that they receive in hospital and what happens to them in the community. So Leonie and I, you know, we've both done the day ticks at work, we've both informed our managers, we've registered the risks, we've spoke to our unions, and we've looked at policies and worked really hard to do our own innovation and develop and work with guidelines. But it was Leonie and I's passion that once we met in London and once we realised that we were both Um, wanting to be advocates for women's recovery that we agreed we wanted to make a difference by doing what matters and writing the book um, by midwives for mothers has been that journey so the next slide really says it all Uh, if we could just flick to the next slide Amé because once the stitches are in the whole of the healing begins and Leone is going to take us through some some in slide three some of the things and then I'll come back to you again and we'll do some further discussion about 
the aim of us being here talking to you today uh, about the recovery journey from C-section. Hey, go ahead, Leone. Next slide, thanks. Okay, so the World Union of uh, Wound Healing Specialists tell us that the surgical site infection rate is between 3 and 15% after caesarean birth. And the wound separation or wound dehiscence is 2 to 8%. And we also know that uh, thromboembolic disease, um, women are at risk of embolism up to 12 weeks postpartum. And I think that one um, situation that I encountered during my career was um, the death of a, a beautiful young mum four weeks after uh, giving birth. And I know that the hospital I worked at didn't have any antenatal classes for cesarean birth and certainly no handouts or any information about the risk of embolism after discharge. So that I, I can never forget that, that, you know, young mum, first baby, and hearing that she died four weeks later, that I just that's one of the one of the things that has stayed with me and encouraged me to to write um, the book and and have it as a, as a resource for not only um, the women and their families but just also just as a reminder for midwives that this information really needs it is part of their role to um, to be able to to share and and caution women before discharge about what might happen and what to look for. So Janine's going to talk about some of the tools that we've developed to help um, women monitor their, their own healing a little bit later. But we'll move on to the next slide now. And this is just, um, you know, a, a a wound infection on day 18. And we know that wound infections can happen up to day 30. So it's that, you know, if a woman's discharged 24 hours after birth, and this is slowly um, developing, uh, and if she hasn't had any education about how to um, view the wound, what, what to look for, what does a normal wound look for. Um, and I, or I advocate a, a handheld mirror to hold down and, and to look every day. And we'll talk about the scar tracker later, but that's just an indication. You know, um, we know that the infections occur, um, uh, you know, after, after discharge, they really, you would see one in hospital. So that's an important um, role the midwife can play in cautioning the women to, to be alert to the possibility. Thanks, next slide. So I have a, a Facebook group called All Things C-Section and some of the, the pictures that the mums post are really alarming. And as you can see here, this woman has, she's noticed she's got a little 
hole in her wound and she's asking, is this okay? Is this normal? What should I do? And you can see before I even got to respond, there was a woman saying, get to hospital. That's how mine started and it exploded open. So, um, you know, the women don't have this sort of information. So they're turning to social media for their advice, which is really worrying. Um, and I'm, as a season mum myself, I am a member of several cesarean groups, and this is really common. Um, next slide talks about um, some conflicting non-evidence-based advice that's being given to women. Um, this was, um, you know, someone sharing what she used to clean the, the wound. And down below, it's talking about salt salt and water and surgical spirit. So we see a lot of that happening. We see a lot of the postnatal education coming through social media and it's not always good. So we wanted to um, be able to provide this evidence-based information for the women to, to be getting good advice and not getting into trouble with things like, um, you know, some of the advice they're getting. Next slide. So the World Union of Healing Specialists um, talk about the importance of patient education during all phases, antenatal, intrapartum and postpartum is critical to preventing uh, these surgical wound complications. Now, of all of my caesareans, not one of the healthcare providers, um, uh, services provided any education. Now there are, in Australia, there's a lot more hospitals. They are offering uh, caesarean birth education, but in when I had my children, there was nothing. And I was really unteachable after my seizures. Like most women, we, we have a lot of analgesia on board. Um, there's fatigue, exhaustion, the, the effects of the drugs. So it's really hard for midwives to be able to impart the necessary um, information and advice in that postpartum period, and particularly if they're only in for 24 hours. In Australia, we, you know, have a flood of visitors, you know, within hours of cesarean birth. So we've all, we're also up against that. It's not easy to be able to get access and to impart information that will stay um, for, for these women. So that creates quite an issue. Next slide, I'm just going to run through some of the, the ideas that we've come up with, and these can be all found in the book. So beginning with, um, I think it was three years ago, and this is what I brought to the IME, the surgical aftercare splint or the SAC splint. It, that came out of um, a real frustration at work. I was finding... Um, I would maybe get three or four Caesar patients because whether you, um, I'm not sure if you know that Australia, we have 37.2% Caesar rate. Um, and so 
I'd, I'd go in and I'd, my, the first thing I would always start with was wound support, um, splinting your wound. And I'd say, now, do you have a rolled up towel or a cushion to hold against the wound to counter that forward thrust during sudden movements and hopefully um, reduce the, the incidence of breakdown? And nine times out of 10, the women hadn't had the education and certainly didn't have um, a rolled up towel or a cushion. So one day I was making a rolled up towel and the dad said to me, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm just making a splint for your wife, you know, to have nearby in case of sudden movement. And he challenged me with, um, you know, isn't there anything in your storeroom designed for this? And I had to say, well, no, um, this is what we've been doing. This has been sort of Nursing 101 for 40 years. And uh, that got me thinking. So I went home and I created the, the splint that that young mum is holding. And it's just basically, it imitates a rolled up towel and I've added an elasticized belt. So women can can have that, they can have it, they can be hands-free to hold their baby. And, you know, just in those early days, weeks, just to have it nearby is a great reassurance for them and support. So that was that. Then the day planners, um, that was something that I thought would have been really helpful for me because in those early weeks, the fatigue and um, the busyness and the pain and all the and the you know mobility limitations um, that that really you sort of lose track of time. Well, I found I did, and and sometimes I'd forget. Have I had my tablets? When did I last eat? And all these sort of things. So uh, that's where the day planner. Uh, began and then when Janine and I got together writing the book we really grew that to um six weeks so there's in the book there's the six weeks of day planners checklists for mums to to keep on track the next um section so is the journal pages so we thought it was really important to have for mums to have a space just to write and, and journal and debrief how they're feeling, how they're going, maybe, um, you know, document some of their challenges, their high points. And so we've created a little guideline for journaling and several blank pages with little prompts that they can fill out. So the book actually becomes a workbook because of um, the planners and the journal pages. The scar tracker, I'll leave Janine to talk a little bit more about that, but that was just another um, point of frustration where I thought women just don't know what's normal. And so I've started this scar tracker and now we've extended it for 30 days so that women will be able to see early signs of problems. Um, and the pain points, that's when I sat down to write down the pain points, working from top to toe, there's so many pain points that can be associated with uh, surgical birth. And just 
to reassure women that, you know, they may have the headaches, they may, they've had a general, they may have a sore throat, the shoulder tip pain, the, you know, the um, um, discomfort with the breasts. And then, of course, the, the wind pains and the um, wound pains and constipation, all those things. And, the, and then the calf pain if they have um, DVTs. So to be able to just normalize that and and offer simple remedies is really important because the myth that cesarean birth is the easy way out can be you know debunked in just that little story about the pain points and how long it'll take them to get back to um you know pre-pregnant uh, fitness and activities so that's really important five guide is Janine's wonderful tool that she's going to talk about and debrief. Those are, are key points in the book, but I think I'll hand over to Janine now to um, finish talking about the book in more detail and how it applies to the UK situation. So thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy the book. What you're going to hear. Next, next slide. Next slide. I think, Leonie, from just hearing you talk, I, I think um, there's so many health promotion uh, messages and crucial conversations that we have to have with women. And like you said, there isn't that time. The workforce is stretched as it is. And if women are discharged early, then it does leave little time for health promotion. But, you know, this five guide tool could be your way in to be your own personal professional reminder and like Leonie and I did come together um, through innovations that happened in clinical practice. Clinical practice came from my experience as a midwife then into health visiting and again like Leonie a one day wonder happening when you're with a patient that's what happened to me. I was with a student um, health visitor we were visiting a lady postpartum it was her first day uh, that I was visiting her as a health visitor she'd had c-section and I simply said you know held my hand up five fingers and said do you realize you've got five layers so the hand that you can see in front of you and uh, the five guide tool is explained that I use the hand to explain the five layers of healing so number one my thumb is your skin layer and I'm explaining to this lady you've then got a layer behind that your fat layer you've got your muscle layer You've got your peritoneal layer and then your little finger is the incision uh, through your womb to deliver your baby. This conversation opened up the opportunity for the Then, as always, I said, shall I have a look at your wound uh, and see how it is? I was horrified. The lady had got a sanitary towel over a weeping wound. The student health visitor after we'd finished the call and the contact and I'd explained all about wound care and referred her on then obviously to the wound care team said that, that tool's great Janine you know you really should do something with that and literally out of that came the opportunity to go through the RCNR foundation and and it was supported to become uh, an innovative health promotion tool for c-section there's a video for you to look at in the book and move on from that but it's not for me to talk too much about five guide i just wanted you to explain to you what it is 
We're nearly 200,000 cesarean sections across the UK. Nearly one in three women are having C-sections. And some of that we know why it's going to get bigger. The uh, agenda of women be, being able to have um, care that they are able to make choices. The Ockenden report. Basically, you know, we've also got uh, investigations going in in induction of labour research. There's a 27% chance in my own locality that if you have an induction of labour, you're more likely to have an emergency C-section. So, yes, Leonie and I came together and we're quite right that the antenatal prep is quite poor in Australia and in, in the UK, even though it's policy driven in, in the UK, that it almost seems a taboo subject to have with women. But I asked that question of the midwives and the student midwives and the maternity support workers and everyone on the call today, how prepared are women to be one of those one in four are we preparing them? Are we having that crucial conversation with them? And as Leonie said, you know, they're often, if it's, if it's a planned section, if it's not, if it's an induction of labour and they've gone on to have an emergency section, sometimes they're discharged within that 24 hours. So thinking about the midwifery role, do you also realise as midwives that most health visitors haven't got a maternity background? So when you make that discharge to uh, uh, your health visiting team, that the competencies and skills of health visitors do not include obstetric and maternity management. Now, we're, we're great at breastfeeding. We're great at maternal mental health. But we seem to stop at the point of, wound care and whose responsibility it is to look at that wound after the midwife has discharged. Now I know most midwives would want to hold on to a suspecting wound that may be looking a little bit iffy but in my experience and 22 years in health visiting most of the discharges have happened at day 10. The picture Leone showed you was of a, a bane skin tone uh, at day 18. Now there's another issue there around wound care and ethnicity. What you see is red in a Caucasian woman, you would not see that in, in, in a vein uh, skin. Thinking about us as midwives as well, do we do that handover properly or are we relying on IT technology to tell the health visitor that there's been a C-section or she's had a car crash delivery. You know, the, the handovers aren't, aren't as good as they could be. Wound care, and as Leonie said, is our biggest, biggest fear because we have spent some time doing some work within the book looking at postpartum sepsis. And we do uh, refer you to a, a video which is on the screen now. Uh, and when you get the slides, I strongly advise you to have a look at it because sepsis is absolutely uh, one of the major causes of postpartum sepsis in women who've had C-section is their wound. And we, we jointly developed SCAR Tracker uh, in line with NICE guidelines uh, because we truly believe that women should be having uh, wound care management for 30 days. Now, 
with personalised care, that can be delivered, we're hoping, with investment of self-supported, self-managed care needs, where a woman is issued and discharged with a a scar tracker tool. It's in the book. So we're not going to reveal it all. The scar tracker is in, 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 in the book. But what it does allow is a woman to self-monitor her wound so that she does miss out on some of the risks that can come after cesarean section. And that's before we've even discussed anybody who has a large BMI, before we've discussed anybody who's a diabetic, before we look at anybody who smokes. Um, And we know that um, black and minority ethnic women are five times more likely to suffer with a lot of the postnatal and maternity complications. So we're employing to ask midwives within this talk today to look at good self-supported management, to consider the care needs of partners as well who are left at the theatre door when it is that emergency section. There's a new report out today by dad.info and it says men are 47 times more likely to commit suicide in the perinatal period. Now, how often do we ask dads for a birth debrief if they're the one that have had to see their partner be rushed into um, life-saving, baby life-saving, emergency caesarean sections? How important is the birth debrief? How important are surgical site infection rates? I'm sure to share this statistic with you is really important that 75% of surgical site infections are evident at day 14. Now, if the handover isn't right and the care and the transition into health visiting service isn't right, just think about how many surgical site infections out there go unnoticed. And are we sadly underestimating the recovery upon discharge? You know, the take it easy. That is simply inadequate. Five Guide has to be the new health promotion tool for you to remember what you need to say, rehearse what you need to say, and personalise it to that, that individual, individual woman. Because we don't know who is looking at wounds once you discharge your, your ladies as midwives. We can't we can't say because in some areas it might be good, in some areas it's not. And within health visiting, it is an issue that I'm looking at at the scope of professional competence. So however, let's let's know that we've scrapped the targets on cesarean sections. So it's a free-for-all now and 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 literally with personalized care, you do have the choice to ask for a cesarean. Um and if inductions of labours uh, are also encouraging uh, the fact that the increase in caesarean section is likely to result in an emergency caesarean, then we need to encourage women to take ownership of their recovery. And that's what we hope we've done in the book. And thank you, Sue, for saying it should be the book that every mother has on discharge, because, you know, to get that investment from ICSs, it'd be absolutely uh, a godsend because the risks are truly there. Do we spend enough time with the education about pain management, constipation, that headache that you get afterwards, those flu-like symptoms that may be postpartum sepsis, adhesions, blood loss, bruising, DVT, VBAC, 
you know, um, uh, sexual relationships. It's the it's endless health promotion. Who's doing it? It's all in the book. So to sum up, if we want you to take away one thing in this is the book is great. It's a mother's recovery resource. It's 85 years of nursing, midwifery, health visiting and um, experiential. Uh, Leonie's had six cesareans. Sections. It's all gone in there. It's all evidence based. Our aim is to reduce surgical site infections. We want to reduce readmissions, but we ultimately want to increase the knowledge and understanding of women so that they can self care, they can self manage, they can do the policy rhetoric of personalised care if they're given the tools to do it. We want to encourage good handovers to the health visitors. Why? Because there's a complexity and changing behaviour within women's health. There's a workforce crisis. We're now going to have two Ockenden reports. We've got nice guidelines that saying we should be monitoring women for 30 days and we can't, but we want to. But how can we? We need to bring women as part of the care plan as well. Continuity of care has been halted in most geographical areas as well. And obviously, for me as well, the five times more likely BAME issue has to be raised. Um, we've got a job to do. It's a hard job to do. Leonie and I have hopefully put a lot of that energy for you to say to women if they've had a C-section to recommend the book. You know, we don't get anything out of it. Our publisher takes 85%. We've not done it for that reason. It's a legacy written book. But, you know, our, our whole aim in the next slide, as you'll see, is just to leave that legacy so that C-section recovery, your body is returned to the health and, 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 and well-being that it was before you had your baby. So, so I hope we've left you enough time to uh, ask us questions and take it, take it, take us into the next the next stage. Thank you. Okay, well, thank you to Janine and Leonie for that. Um, for both presentations, because I think you've given a real feel of what why the book has been developed and what's in the book. Um, and I know that there's some resources on the resource sheet which our audience will will have access to, two little video clips on YouTube. Um, and I was just wondering, because you're talking about things like wound care um, being a very important part of it. And I'm sort of wondering how much access, because, of course, I suppose at the, the front of all of our minds at the moment is, is the financial crisis for a lot of people. And maybe getting a book, you, it might have to be a book that's shared or a book that's maybe in a maternity, you might have a couple of copies that you can lend out. Though, of course, there's bits that as a mum, you'd want to be filling in, like what your gifts would be or your, your tracking um, and I'm just wondering if you, how much have you got online that women could and midwives can access to point women to? And that's one. I think I'll start with Leonie and then Janine, if I might, for that one. Cool. Um, so there, there is an e-book e available through Amazon. Um, it is 
designed to be the mother's uh, personal record book, like, um, you know, you have the baby memory books and this mm. is a mum memory book. So ideally um, it it is uh, one for each woman. What I am doing in Australia is I've created vouchers for healthcare professionals. So if they recommend the book to a mum, they can get, um, there's, there's a code to give them 15% off. So um, oh, I'm, I'm trying to do that through, um, you know, all the drops that I'm doing on this um, <laughs> tour, that that's what I've created so that hopefully we can get more books out. But mm. um, also, you know, in an ideal world, the hospitals would be providing them. But I don't know how far we'll go get with that. But um, it is it is really actually my 28-year-old son, you know, when he looked at it, he said, oh, mum, this looks like something every woman should have on her bedside table. And I thought, oh, thanks, Tom. <laughs> Very good insight. But, yeah, that's how we feel. It's the little lilac book that um, every woman should have. So that's our dream. Well, maybe it would make it would make a. I mean, obviously, if a woman's ha having a planned cesarean, she may have fem family or friends who might give her the book as a kind of uh, a helper, her journaling. Yes. Especially if they're into journaling, it might be a really good thing. So, those of you who are out there who've got friends who might be in that situation, this might be even better than a bottle of smelling and uh, a smelling salt bath salts or a new nighty or whatever because this is this is real you know information is power isn't it i think janine's going to say that <laughs> yes it is it is you know because i think it's it's buy a gift that matters that's that's basically okay. and that's some of the um requests for the book are coming that way but you know maternity and neonatal voices are absolutely loving it um, so who knows, you, you know, with with the right um, approaches with the, with the ICS uh, and with raising the risks, again, this has been a different way of getting in. Consumer voices are very, very powerful. Uh, and I think um, without standard operating discharge procedures, uh, it could be interesting from the callers that, you know, are they aware about wounds being managed? Literally, if you've got a leg ulcer, there's a standard operating procedure for mm. you to have that wound managed. If you've got an intra-abdominal caesarean section wound, in most authorities, there are not standard operating procedures. So... If it's not if you've not got one in your authority and you're a listener, please get in touch with me and I'll I'll ah. certainly support you in how you can write that that recommendation that a SOP for wound care management happens for your C-section ladies. Fantastic, thank you. This, this is another language actually. The SOPs, standard yes. operating procedures. So actually, those of you who are out there, be worth checking whether there is such a thing in existence in your locality and Janine and, and Leonor are, are great resources to go to if there aren't 
Okay, I've got some more questions. I'm looking away because I've got another screen where the questions are coming up. And I've had a question from Louise who says, is there a link for the Caesar charity, please? I'm not sure quite which which charity Louise uh, might no, be after. The Caesar Care isn't a charity. That's okay. my business. Ah, okay. Yeah, the health promotion charity uh, is phna.org.au so it's pastoral healthcare network australia and that's really dealing with grief and loss and spiritual care spirituality okay well we'll we'll make sure that's in the resource as well thank you very much for that leonie thank you okay delia mohammed hi delia says is if a mother has no family support what resources are there for her once she's home and that's a really good question but though a little bit, how long is a piece of string? <laughs> Janine? Well, yeah, for me, um, I, I would answer that by um, personal personal self-management is so important. So knowledge is power. So if mum hasn't got a support network at home, obviously um, under the personalised care heading, we should be looking at um, social prescribing. We should be looking at other agencies. If we knew that mum was going to have a C-section antenatally, no mother should obviously be in a postpartum on her own. But the book in itself, you know, if it's uh, if it was translated, if it needed to be translated, uh, is a resource in itself. There is little or no um, other documentation for women to have the knowledge of everything that could be happening. Mm. There is not that time for health professionals to stay with a mother um however just going back to the handover the midwife will know before the health visitor knows about who's around to look after that mm. mom and that's the connection so in the uk having that good um visual look at what's going on in a mother's home in the early days postpartum so that the handover to the health visiting team can look at the social needs if that mother needs any extra support that won't come from midwifery but could come from other agencies that yeah. health visitors can, can connect to this is the midwife as the orchestra as it were yes and sometimes Sign actually post. yeah and as a midwife you would be actually signposting the woman if you know antenatally then you yeah. can signpost her to what she needs to think about instead of being Oh, I can cope with this, that, and the other, and everything. Lena, you wanted to say something? Yes, I was just going to say Pinky McKay, who has written quite a few books in Australia, talks about the petal roster. So, as well as the agencies, um, encouraging the women to like draw a flower with five petals, have um, in the centre will be the coordinator of the roster. So, that comes from friends and family. So, you can give them each a day and what, what the mum needs help with. And I think that's a fantastic idea and something I would have really valued because I was all alone when I had my first and I was totally lost, just really shell-shocked. And I'd moved to a new suburb. I had all my friends were working. Family lived three hours away. But to be able to find, you know, support within your local community just for that six weeks, maybe 
to to do one would Wednesday do the washing or shopping or or whatever. But that I think, as well as agency support, it's mm. really good to give women permission to build their own little support network for that short period and you know they can pay it forward down the track but it is give them permission and really encourage them that they really need support because this is major surgery and most other surgeries have a rehabilitation rehabilitation program but with caesars we don't only no. we don't have <laughs> with another individual working yeah. on a 24 hours a day so that, that's, I think, a really important thing. I, I love that idea of the pedal roster. The pedal roster. I love that that roster too. And I think it's yeah. a really good idea. And also to make clear to people who are visiting you that, you know, it's not about cuddling the baby. It's about doing the housework, about doing some cooking and cleaning and, and the things that really stress big women. In the book. Big section in the yes. book on that, so yeah, about your support network. Book, yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> well, I petals, can remember. I'm going to remember the petals. I'm going to remember yes. the petals. That's lovely. But sitting down, I can remember feeling as weak as a kitten and looking at the carpet, a spot on the carpet, and desperately wanting to vacuum it. And on one, I didn't have the energy, and two, you know, <laughs> it was too heavy, and, and just you know for someone to come in and say how do you need help I'd, I'd be throwing the vacuum at them but I just <laughs> it was just um really hard I didn't know what I didn't know so it's all in the book yeah and I think and this is about women not being superhuman they are superhuman but not having to do a bit all the time okay I've got a few more questions I've got um oh someone's already Holly Edmondson hi Holly has already ordered her book wow <laughs> comment and pippa wants to know when the book's released it's released it's there because it's, it's been proved got... by holly holly has Aww. proved it's there so it's fantastic and i've got there's lots and lots of comments uh da, 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 da. mia says how can women access the book i think i think amazon. that's already been said either amazon and leona is saying about being able to get it as an ebook as well whether i like i still like a paper book personally yes i like writing in it but everybody's different so that's a good good point okay so well done holly and philippa oh philippa is saying what are your th i'm not sure if this is the right question for my speakers here what are your thoughts on how midwives can better support the microbiome of babies born via cesarean section. This is quite a big thing in midwifery. I'm not sure yeah. if this this is quite in in your book. Um, no, it's not. <laughs> there is in the Matflix um, set of of things that we do have some speakers talking about microbiome, Philippa. So that's where you need to go. Have a look or just have a look on if you put uh, microbiome and mothers into YouTube, you will find a Matflix video there. Have a go at that and let me know how you get on. Now, we've got the lovely Joe D'Agustin often comes to, to our maternity hour. Hi, Joe, And she says, thanks so much. For a very informative session. Such an important area for attention. The speaker's passion for supporting better outcomes comes through so well. See, let's hope that lots of testimonials come through from women so the NHS Trust think about supplying on discharge. Thank you very much for your work. So well done. Thank you, Joe. That's a lovely, 
testimonial yourself. That's lovely. And then we've got another comment from Holly Edmondson. Hi, Holly is saying it's shocking the lack of education. I've done lots of research myself. I like the Paint the Bump website and the Pogo PoGP, I think, Fit for the Future leaflet. We'll be recommending this book. Thank you for that. A friend was turned away from the hospital twice with postnatal pain after C-section. They finally admitted yesterday and today has been told it's a group A strep. Oh, gosh. She only went back in because I pushed her to. Well, Holly, big well done. We need to yeah. look after these mums. Yeah. Because though there's loads and loads of information, we still need to make sure they're getting access because when something happens to you, it's it's not like in a book, is it? You need someone to 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 support you through it. So thank you for looking after your your friend. Okay, Edith KK. Sad to hear about uh, Bain five times more. Absolutely. Has there been any research and conversation about any benefits of melanin or skin pigmentation in relation to healing? Um, right. There has there has been conversations, um, but are think for me to answer about the BAME it's more about skin tones and uh, spotting the signs and symptoms mm. it's clearly a, a, a minefield uh, with skin tones uh, because not everything comes up red swollen and horrendously looks as though it's going to pop like a pimple depending on what the skin tone is so um, for me there's a lot of a lot of networks that I'm working with with regards to um, wound infections and BAME skin tones um, and Scar Tracker will be involved with a lot of that work um, within the NHS so that we, we do get it right for all women um, and all women know the signs and the symptoms because they're clearly very different with skin tones and melanin tones. And also it may be about the practitioner assuming all is well that's the other assuming thing assuming you know. all is well is, and is, if, if you, is, you know you've got pain you it's normal and 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 our nmc registration clearly says keep people safe and 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 maintain the integrity of the profession and so point. literally we put ourselves on the line here by you know our revalidation and, and our um, NMC fees each year. We're signing ourselves to say we'll do good. Um, so we, we've got to keep abreast of the okay, fact yeah. that if there's a risk, we have to be accountable and, and, and literally do the best because uh, the consequences can be quite horrendous um, it, it, with a, a C-section recoveries around the area of infection. We've not even delved into the maternal mental health or no. the ongoing problems that you can have with fathers and relationships and family and attachment mm. and bonding and feeding. This it might be your next. This might be okay. the next book. It's uh, it's in this book. <laughs> All of those things. No, we might expand book. it for we, well. That, we there'll be there'll be more. There'll be more. That's what I'm. I, that's the point oh, I'm making. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've got. Um, Abigail, are we allowed to recommend the book to women if we've read it without asking the trust we're doing placements with? Or does the recommendation need to be okayed by whatever trust you work in? You know, you know what? I'd like to answer that one because 
The, the recommendation is that we're both clinicians with 85 years of experience. So it is um, an evidence-based book. Um, and um, the, the long-term plan says we need to be looking at other resources and we need to be considering personalised mm -hmm. care and we need to be considering self-supported self-management. And the historical making every contact count if you've got good resources, good knowledge that you want to recommend, there is no no um, policy that is going to say to you, you can't recommend a book. Um, no one's going to make a profit out of this book, except the women are going to be forewarned, forearmed and be able to look at preventing the preventables because it, it, there's so many avoidable risks that women fall into post-C-section. Um, we can we can avoid them. So recommending this book um, is not going to be a problem. Uh, I've already had that conversation with my own organisation in the UK, um, who hopefully you know will advocate that this is a book to be shared. This is a book to be recommended. Fantastic. This is a book to be on a on a woman's <laughs> bedside table. <laughs> okay or on a bookshelf either one I mean it's um I think Abigail I'd, I'd sort of reinforce that also it's important to read so you, whatever you're recommending someone yes. to have you've read yourself and you know what's in it because sometimes there might be things that will raise questions that you need to be able to discuss anyway now we're coming back to a last a last couple of questions because I know we've run over a wee bit because we started a little bit late um, I've got a comment from Laura Gilmore. She's ordered a book too. We're doing well here. <laughs> and that now there's, uh, I think Natalie's looking for some contact details uh, for assistance with SOPs. So we'll, we might deal with that later, I think. After, yes, they're, after they're on our slides. Fabulous. So I want to say a big thank you to Janine and Leonie. What I didn't warn Janine and Leonie which I normally do our, our speakers, is to say this hour goes faster than any other hour in the whole world. Every time it just goes, there's so much in it. And I've really enjoyed this hour hugely and found it really useful. And I'm going to carry on reading the book before I can recommend, but I'm recommending it to people because I think it's a really useful resource for us all as midwives. We need to know this stuff. And we need, I, I think what, what emphasised for me was it, it makes me think about even putting myself in the woman's shoes even more. And I think we need to always do that to think, what would I feel like if that was me lying in the bed and I can't even get up to hold my baby? If I'm mm -hmm. at home all on my own, my wound looks a bit dodgy. It's mm -hmm. scary times and we need to make sure our women and families are looked after as well as the babies. Now, so big thank you to Ginny and Leonie and also to Amy who's behind the scenes looking after everything, and Angelo, who's looking after everything, and Paul, who's sending through the questions to me so beautifully. Um, resources are available. This will be going out um, as a podcast on Friday. So if you like to go running and listening to us, that's there. Uh, just to uh, remind you, next week is 10th of November. We'll be here for the maternity midwifery hour, and it's going to be postnatal care with Sheena Byram and Marie-Louise. Don't forget to book for Midwifery Education Under Pressure. That's tomorrow online. Student Experience Event has now been rescheduled to the 11th of January, 2023. 
It can't be that already. It's coming. And then the Scottish Festival is the 29th of November. So if you haven't booked, get booking. In the meantime, another big thank you. And big thank you to our lovely audience who sent such good questions and really made us think even more. Thank you to you for coming and see you next week. Stay safe, stay well, and we'll see you soon. Thank you for joining us for the Maternity and Midwifery Hour. This podcast has been made possible by the team at Maternity and Midwifery Forum and our CPD partners, Matflix. You can sign up at matflix.co.uk. This episode was edited and produced by Catherine Stewart of the Narrowcast Media Group.